as we learn more about the way people consume, I'm watching things like TikTok. I literally don't have it on my phone. I can't stand it, but I'm watching the trends around TikTok. I haven't seen any of your dancing videos yet on TikTok. You haven't seen any and you probably won't. I'm definitely not much of a dancer, but I also just don't get it. This is Super Fast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. 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 James Schramko here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 863. And today we're going to be talking about how to set up your information course, your memberships, that sort of stuff on a website installation to be able to get paid for your ideas and your knowledge. Uh, brought along a case study guest, Justin Getty. Welcome to the call. Hi, James. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I know you've got your own podcast, so it's lovely working with another semi-professional. That's okay. I'm happy that you've finally invited me after 860-something episodes. We get there eventually. Everyone gets their turn sooner or later if they have an interesting enough story or something that's useful for the audience. Of course, as you know, the whole point of this podcast is to educate, inform. Of course, uh, the right sort of people listening to this may want to go on to further solutions that I support. But of course, I'm a pretty tough judge of what I promote or what I'm interested in telling people to go and check out. So that's one thing I think over time you build up with your audience, that trust. One of the platforms we're often talking about on this show is 10X Pro. You came to my attention through a number of different pathways, but it turns out you are using 10X Pro these days to help educate people in in your favorite topic, which is property development. I'll mention the site early because people like to go and look up the site while we're talking. It's propertydevelopertraining.com and that is a 10X Pro installation and it seems to be going quite well for you. Yes, thanks, James. It is going well. It's uh, an idea that actually I have to say seeded by you many, many years ago. It just took me a little while to finally get there. But yes, it's a pretty niche topic and I finally managed to launch the training and it's been going really, really well. And I think the point that you make about trust is probably a central factor in that. I think so in that market, especially. And we've had other episodes on, I think episode 850 uh, was an episode on sort of wealth creation. And of course, property comes up a lot in people who have entrepreneurial tendencies, people who have already got some wealth they do start to think about maybe I can develop property. I've been doing a little bit of property development as well. I know lots of people who are. And Australia seems to have a love affair with property. And it's certainly some of the big popular American people who started out in other industries are leaning into that property thing. We've got guys like Grant Cardone talking about billion dollars of invested funds and so forth. So it's a thing. Seems like there's this, I don't know, it feels like we're in a bit of a pandemic bubble of uh, property interest. And I'm sure you have to know what you're doing to go well. I, I saw some article yesterday in Queensland. I think the government has to foot a massive bill of property developers who have gone broke. <laughs> so yes, trust is important when you're dealing with high ticket items. And I'd have to say you're in an industry where there's some degree of complexity and there is big money involved. It's not something you do as a little sort of hobby, like collecting cards at garage sales, right? Oh, there's a number of points there, James. I think you can swim at the shallow end of the pool in terms of property development. There's some fairly low risk kind of projects that you could tackle, your sort of duplex projects or maybe just building one house on a bit of land. I would say they're pretty low risk. 
And then you go all the way to the other end of the spectrum where you do get some pretty complicated projects, which have a lot of dollars invested in them. But the training I put together is very much focused on those people getting into property development and outlining to them exactly what they need to be aware of and going through a step-by-step process so that they don't get themselves into trouble and they don't need to be bailed out by governments. Although my kind of customers aren't going to be bailed out by governments, they're going to be on their own. Yeah, it's like uh, my accountant called me recently and said she had bad news. I don't qualify for any of the government assistance uh, things. And I said, isn't that a good thing? And she said, yeah, I guess that is. So it's nice to be independent from needing that support and to know that you're not straining society. And I'm sure your developers would have this concept of adding value, which is no doubt what you're trying to do with your website. There are people out there who are going to think about developing and they probably have a few choices they could make. And your job, I guess is like, how do I get in front of them and give them good information that they can pay for and get a long way down the track? So I'm curious, how did you start out with this? Like, what was there before you had this website? Were you doing this one-off? Were you just talking to friends at barbecues? Were you doing seminars? Because I'm sure there was a genesis to how you got to where you're at. Yes, it's an interesting journey that I went on. So I decided that I wanted to take control of my financial destiny probably more than 10 years ago. And... I would have stumbled across one of your podcasts back then that I was consuming Freedom Ocean with Timbo. I think that's probably one of the earlier points where I had this idea of certainly leveraging online marketing to help with my property development projects. And then actually attended a couple of your live seminars over in Manly, which were fun. And all the way back then, I had this idea of building something, an online presence, and then you talked a lot about memberships. And so I'd always had that in the back of my mind about how can I convert what I'm doing into a membership. But then I got into developing. So I was originally looking to get into property investment, then evolved into doing development, ended up doing a crazy huge project on my first development. It ended up being a 20 townhouse project. Way to go. (laughs) Which is not something I would suggest people tackle on their first effort. It doesn't sound like it on the surface. Uh, No, I certainly don't recommend that. So it was a funny story how I ended up doing my first project, but that ended up being pretty successful. I've gone on to do other projects and then I launched my own podcast about property development because I love it and I love talking about it and it's quite a niche topic and there were no podcasts around on property development when I started it back in 2016. And so I've definitely carved out a niche. So I think you sometimes talk about finding a niche that's an inch wide and a mile deep. So I think property development fits into that quite well. And then I've slowly grown an audience through the podcast. And from that, I kept getting lots of emails from people saying they really want to get into property development. And so I was referring people off to somebody to do mentoring for them, which is a high ticket item in itself. But then I saw that there was a gap and an opportunity to come up with an online training program that provided people with really good information and a simple step-by-step explanation of what they need to understand to go through a property development. So the whole development cycle, and it's been really well received. So that's how it's all come about. But I think the reason that it's been well-received is because that I spent a lot of time building up trust with my audience. I wasn't out there from the get-go trying to sell them something. I was telling my story, explaining the ups and downs, problems that I've had, the challenges I've had, but also the successes that I've enjoyed. And I think people have, I hope they have, 
develop some trust in me so that they can think if he's put out a training program, it must be legit and worth looking at. We're stacking a few of the things that we talk about on the show together. Here we are on a podcast. So there's that. I love a good combination of a podcast and a membership. You've got a fantastic conversion device, that podcast. You do get the opportunity to speak to interesting people. You have great guests come along and infuse education for your audience. There's that follow-up solution that people can take if they feel like they trust you and they want to learn from you and do the result that you're talking about. I imagine a lot of people get stuck though. You know, There's a lot of parallels between trying to develop property and trying to develop an online business because there's pitfalls, there's complexity, there are pathways you can go down that are dead ends. You could waste a lot of resource trying to do it different ways. And I don't know if you did do that, if you went down pathways that didn't pan out or that cost too much, but somehow you've ended up on 10X Pro. Would you say overall that that's been a good destination? It's been a really fantastic solution actually because it solves a lot of the problems that you have in terms of being able to deliver an online training. You have all these disparate components. So you know you need to provide some video, you know you need audio, you know you need payment. All those bits come together quite nicely on the platform. And when you're not a tech person, which I would describe myself as, I can get my way around, but I'm certainly no technology often but it's easy enough to navigate your way through. And so it was a really good solution. And then I had the idea, I was just looking for the platform that you could build it out on and it ended up working out really well. So it has been a really good solution. There'll be plenty of people listening to this who think, well, I know something about something, whether it's making coffee or looking after babies or whatever. There'll be someone that thinks, oh, I think I could do a course on this or people keep asking me for help and I'd like to leverage that intellectual property. I want to get paid for my knowledge. But then it's like, okay, ouch, you know, where do I go? How do I get online? So that's the solution for you. You just said it does all the things you need to do. Give us a sense of how big is your team of developers and IT professionals within your organization? Uh, There is no team, James. It's me. What? (laughs) That's great. So basically because you don't have to code or whatever, you can just put the bits together. I imagine you've thought, okay, here's my course outline. I'm going to record it. And then you just tip it in and hook up your payment system and add an email system and then start telling people about it on your podcast. Did it go like that or is it something different? I have the benefit that I have a background in corporate and business communication. So I did have some skills in being able to put together videos, write scripts. So that side of it, I kind of had a control over, which is not to say that you need to have that. I mean, you've always explained about outsourcing and getting people to help you. So I wouldn't say that that's a reason not to go ahead. It's more simplifying the content from your mind down onto paper and expressing that in a way that someone is going to be able to follow along to. Because what I found is I actually did a first iteration of the course and I showed it to a couple of people, actually one of your friends, Charlie Valor, And he gave me some really good feedback, which I should have really been aware of anyway, was that the modules were too long and to break it down to be more simple. And that was really helpful because then I just went back and really started to simplify and break it down. Whenever I look at the video analytics of a course, I had this huge course called Traffic Grab. It was quite some time ago now. Sold two and a half thousand copies. So I had a pretty good sample size. And when I look at the video analytics, the first videos had a huge take up and then it trickled right off and there was... I can't remember exactly, but I think it was like six hours worth of content. It was just too much. But what it did do, it drove a lot of people into my done-for-you services because they looked at it and they got bogged down like, oh, can you just do it for me? (laughs) So 
that would be good if you had a property development service and maybe you do. Complexity could be a weapon to drive people into a simple solution of done for you, but short bite-sized pieces are definitely favoured. So in our case, when we take a one-hour training and we want to sell it as a single course on super fast results, which is our 10X Pro installation, we chunk it down into five or six minute segments. People can tick boxes to complete so they know where they're up to. It's easier to handle one single topic at a time. And I think it's a rookie mistake that I made and many others do. When they're very knowledgeable about a topic, it's so easy to just load up that density level. I mean, out of a good intention, we want to impart everything we know to our person going through the training so that they don't miss a single thing, like they get all the value, but often that has the counter effect of just absolutely blowing their brains to pieces and then they don't actually get a result because then they're overloaded and not learning. So as we learn more about the way people consume, I'm watching things like TikTok. I literally don't have it on my phone. I can't stand it, but I'm watching the trends around TikTok. I haven't seen any of your dancing videos yet on TikTok. You haven't seen any and you probably won't. I'm definitely not much of a dancer, but I also just don't get it. Look, I've got dear friends like Rachel Peterson. She's just killing it with TikTok and her fun little dancing videos. And I've even interviewed her on this podcast about it, but it's just not me. I just don't get it. But anyway, what I do get is that people want to consume short snack size content. That's why reels and shorts and TikToks and so forth have taken off. It's really interesting to watch that. So micro content in your pre-marketing most definitely works. And I've done a training on that. But inside your training, if you can make it easy for people to go through and easy for them to implement, then there's lots of things now you can do in 10X Pro, like you can do quizzes, you can issue certificates, you can have that completion sort of timeline. You can definitely control the way people consume it. And I'm wondering if when you put together your training, how do you decide between course, membership, what sort of features did you want to use? Did you go for simple or complex? Because it's super customizable. It's a really good point that you make around simplifying the content. And I think that's a lesson that your listeners could take on if they're thinking about doing a training is to remember that you're not doing a training for people who are potentially your peers. You're doing a training for someone who's interested in getting into that. And so when I was first putting together content, I kept thinking I've got to impress other property developers who are doing property developments. Like I can teach them a thing or two, which I came to the realization, actually, no, that's not who I need to impress. And that's not who I'm trying to help. People who are trying to get into it. So you need to simplify it down so that they can understand it, appreciate it, and then implement it. So it's a really good point. And then in terms of what I, the solution that I was looking for was a combination of both the membership and a training. So bring people in with the promise of training and then keep them in there as a membership or as a member. And that's my next step is around finding ways of keeping people engaged and keeping people involved in the property developer training. In your experience, do people do more than one property development? Yes. Normally, people who successfully do a project will then get the bug and then they want to do more. They want to find a way of doing it full time. It's just getting that first successful project done, James. That's what's really important. Yeah, I imagine you're dealing with complicated things like having to wait for approvals or negotiating with governments and putting jobs out to different suppliers and builders and then there'd be shortages and logistical, like at the moment, literally as we record this, I'm not supposed to go five kilometers from my house. So that could slow down a development. I'm experiencing that at the moment actually with something where 
I can't go to the next step because people physically can't attend and do things that need to happen. So there are obstacles that come up from time to time. I imagine at some point you're going to generate some clients or students who feel like they now know enough about it that they want to go and be a property educator as well. You're probably going to create clones or subversions of yourself. So that's why I think it's very important to take the leadership path to be, as Jay Abraham would call, preeminent property developer trainer. Get that reputation up high and things like a podcast help, books help, having great case studies of people who are getting results help position you nicely as the go-to person. You said you were pleasantly surprised when you put this out. Often when people launch a new product or a service or a course, they put it out there and not much happens. That's very common. But you said you built up the audience and then you've offered it. They've come in and what sort of feedback did you get that helps you feel that it was well-received? What's the evidence? Yeah, well, it's like anything that you create. I think, James, there's always a certain element or level of uncertainty that you don't know how it's going to be received. You can build something you think is fantastic and you throw it out there into the big wide world, out into the marketplace, and you sort of hold your breath and see whether anyone's actually going to buy it. So it was nice to get the validation from people that they were prepared to actually spend money on it. But I've been getting great feedback from people who have been going through it. I haven't had anybody request any refunds. So that makes me think I'm delivering on the promise and getting great interaction with people inside the training. So it was an unexpected aspect, actually, getting feedback from people who go through the training and they send you messages to say, thanks very much. Really love the content. It's really transformative. I can really see a pathway now for property development being something that I can do and help bring in money and grow wealth over the rest of my life. So thanks very much. And it's a really nice feeling that you get when people send you messages like that. I imagine there's lots of other opportunities for you in this too. You might find some students who you want to do projects with. You might be able to form some kind of syndication. You might want to step up the property developer training to the point where that's your prime thing and the developments are a sub thing. That's very, very common, especially in like the e-commerce educator space. A lot of people I know selling e-commerce training courses don't do e-commerce anymore because the training courses have become just far more attractive business without having to try and find the right products and all the logistics issues with it. Because the education online business can actually be a beautiful business. So that would be an interesting balance for you or juxtaposition, you know, how to dial the mix of the training versus the development. It also, I imagine it really just leans into your passion. You're literally sort of getting double paid to document and show people through that journey of, you know, you can do case studies of your own. You can go and acquire and develop and document it. That kind of thing I imagine would hold viewers in, but also be very appealing to people outside who want to get into it. Yes, I've definitely strategically thought about where it could go. I've thought about each of those pieces, James, and I think it'll just be a case of let's just see how it unfolds to a certain degree. Let's see what people want and then deliver up what it is that they ask for. Nice. And in terms of the platform itself, were there any things that it does that you didn't realize that it does at 10xpro.io I'm talking about that surprised you and you thought, oh, well, this is pretty cool? I think it's got a tremendous amount of functionality that lets you evolve over time as you become more comfortable with providing a training or a platform. So for me, I was looking for something, I wouldn't say basic, but something that ticked the boxes in terms of delivering up training, making it easy to access, all those kind of basic things that you want to do. Well, that's rare, but awesome. (laughs) Like 
a lot of people on the standard sort of platforms, you know, they go out and they'll do the Teachable or the Kajabi or Udemy, very common, like just very simple. And that's a good starting point and there's a huge market for that. But when people are a little more switched on and they realize this business could be something bigger than just basic, often they overcook the complexity. They want it to do this laundry list of things that it's not going to do like two of the 10 items and, and they'll never find the thing. And then sometimes they end up in IT hell where they're Frankensteining all these bits together and they have a $120,000 a year chief technical officer <laughs> making it all work. And I've seen this with my $5 million a year customers. So you've been smart. You've started with something that can just get you over the line that you can then grow into. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much functionality in there. And it, once you become a little bit more comfortable, you go in and start playing around and there's all the things in there that you go, oh yeah, I can see myself using that at some point in the near future whether it's the quizzes or drip feeding content or lots of other aspects of that platform that are really great and allow you to grow with it, which I think is pretty cool. As you say, you don't outgrow the platform. It's there. It's ready to grow with you. And it moves with you. And the good thing is they keep making changes, especially when I ask for something. You've just described sort of what happened to me. We started by putting a little course in there. Then I added a membership using a different feature, the social wall. And then I did a drip course. I do a free challenge that every day for 30 days it drips a training and sends an email because it integrates with Entreport or Active Campaign or whatever else you want to use. Then I do SMS pushes or notifying. We join it up to the Academy app so people can use it on their phone. We have then added more campaigns. I've got a book campaign. I said to John, I'd love a book campaign. He put one in there. It's now a book. So I can give away my book and then sell the print version and the audio version. That's been awesome. They all integrate with back-end email campaigns and they do move people into super fast business over time. And then there's other stuff there like the um, little proof thing when someone buys something, it can flip up, hey, you know, Justin just purchased whatever. It doesn't give any privacy details, but those little social proof things. There's a viral one that I want to try next where you unlock things if people share it. I've heard that that can go particularly well. And there's lots of other tools that I don't use like the Evergreen webinar or the deadline funnels, but I could see them being deployable features in the boosters section. And I just love the one-click campaigns. It's just very easy to set up something new. So when my team want to put a new course in, they just set it up, turn it live, and it starts selling. What are you doing aside from the podcast to let people know about your website? Yes, that's a great question, James. And I'm actually working on a book at the moment as a another marketing tactic to drive people to the training. So that's under development at the moment. I make mention of the training on each podcast episode that I do. And then I do updates on the various social channels that I've got every now and then. Just make a mention of the training. And so far, that seems to be working. Keep seeing regular people signing up for the training, which is pretty amazing. Every time you get that email that says someone else signs up, that's a pretty special feeling. Isn't that good? I remember, this sounds silly when I say this, but back in 2006, I had a Microsoft computer and I was running Outlook. And when I was selling my first products, my info products, maybe it was 2007, somewhere around then, Whenever I'd make a sale, I'd make the computer ding. And uh, eventually it just got annoying and I turned it off. But to see sales come in every day, it's very hard to describe to someone who hasn't seen that level of leverage. It sounds like an impossibility. In fact, I get evidence of that every day because we run a Facebook ads to my free book. 
work less, make more. And some people, when they see that ad in their feed, they get so triggered by that concept, they just type horrendous, like (laughs) absolutely vicious comments. You know, yeah, that's not possible or whatever. It's just too confronting. It's like irreconcilable that you could have these electrons out there. This is the whole thing. This is what seduced me to the online world is I thought, what if I could just sell things to the whole world 24-7, like make my website my salesperson? And what if I wasn't just having to sell one product to my local geographic area? And then it's like, what would I sell? And then I finally got to that information product thing. But information products blow my mind. I remember that time when I moved house and I just launched my brand new information product, my first cheat sheet. It was $79. And every day for that week that I moved house, I was making $1,000 a day. And I thought, oh my God, like I wouldn't actually have to go to work if I could keep this up. That will replace my income. And that was the anchor for it. So, you know, I'm here to say it and you're here to verify it, Justin, that if you know something about something at a good level and you could put it into a training or a course and stick it up online and you had to do the work, you've done the podcast. That's not an easy thing to do. And we've got a whole episodes on that. Should you even have a podcast, which we'll link to in our show notes here for this episode. If you do the work and you make the sales, then You could be out there looking for plots of land to buy or an old building to knock down or whatever while people are paying you into your bank account, you know, through Stripe or whatever, however you receive the money. They could be sitting on the other side of the world while you're asleep buying something. You literally can set this up. And if you combine the power of memberships, information products, it's a magical business. You know, ever since I quit my job, I've had seamless income from the mix of different products I have. But I'm still sitting here in my board shorts in bare feet in Australia, which is in complete lockdown and everyday sales are made because I'm able to serve people around the world through the podcast, through the membership, et cetera. So it is just unbelievable. And I'm so excited for you, Justin, because you've got a mix now of a real online business model that's obviously something you're interested in and passionate about that's producing wealth for you. You were able to help support other people who would like to do the same thing, but avoid them having to go through the swinging from the fences that you had to do with the, was it 22? Yeah, 20 townhouse project. 20 townhouse. Is that the photograph that I'm seeing on this video? Uh, no, that's my current project that's actually just in the final stages of being completed. That was my second project, which is another funny story because that one I thought I would put 19 townhouses on that one and that ended up not working out to plan and resulted in a trip to the planning tribunal and a loss there and a reduction in the number of townhouses we wanted. So that is a project that didn't go according to plan, which feeding back into what we were talking about, I think showed to my audience that I'm normal. I go through the highs and lows. I don't paint a picture that I'm some guru who just aces everything. You know, to that point, there's a guy that I see online sometimes and he's come from the affiliate marketing world and he decided to start doing trading. And he explicitly says on his posts, I'm not a professional trader. I'm still learning. I don't know much about this. I make plenty of mistakes and I lose money all the time. And here's my membership. It's two grand a month or whatever. And people join like because of his vulnerability and because of his openness, that makes them want to be involved. God knows why. I still don't understand why after him saying that, that anyone would invest any money with him. It just seems ludicrous. 
but that just shows me the power of how important trust is and how important open communication can be because I think we're just sick of being pushed by the, the big gurus and the spruikers. You know when they run those big events, you get drawn in because someone's got a big name and you want to see them present and they don't put them on till the last slot of the last session and then they're pitching some $50,000 program. That stuff makes me even annoyed and I don't get annoyed very easily, but the world's moved past that. I think the small guy, small girl starting out with a good intention and a little bit of knowledge who could help someone else who has less knowledge can at least put something out there and get a great result, which is why I love these 10X Pro case studies we're doing because we're just dealing with real people with real products and not like a swinging from the fences, $50 million a year guy with your own jet plane or whatever. You're just someone who's gone out there and done all the hard yards and you've got a story to tell someone else who's interested in going on the same journey. I love that. You're the guide and you've got humility and you're going places. And I think this setback with the loss of a townhouse here or there, (laughs) it's going to help someone who might potentially line up for a similar scenario in the future. I'd much rather learn from someone else's mistakes just out of curiosity. How much would someone have to pay to learn about this from you? Well, if they head over to propertydevelopertraining.com, James, they'll be able to see what the training rate is. And I've got a special offer for your audience if they might be interested. If they use the promo code JAMES, we'll knock a pretty significant amount off the course fees for them. Look at you. The marketer in you is taking good advantage of this podcast session. That's only fair. You've shared plenty of insights for us on your journey into getting that information online. You've been a great supporter of 10X Pro and of course, we're very 10X Pro pro on this um, program. I like the platform because it does this. It allows people to get their knowledge out there and get paid for it in the easiest, shortest path, but with scalability built in. It's nice to hear from a customer instead of just from John or I occasionally. And we've been hitting it home with our membership series, getting great feedback on that. And we'll have more case studies. And I'll put this out there for other listeners. If you end up with 10X Pro and you build something with it that you're proud of and you get a result with it, even if it's a mild result to a medium result, it doesn't have to be millions of dollars a year, get in touch with me. Maybe we'll have you on this podcast as well. So this is Justin Getty for episode 863, propertydevelopertraining.com. That sounds interesting. I might have to talk to you later because of where I'm going with this. You know, you might have an extra customer from me. Yeah, well, I haven't seen your name on the sign-up list yet, James, so... You haven't, but I do need the world to start letting people move around a little more until I can really take advantage of this. But I think it's definitely on the minds of people. What I do see, and I've sort of talked about this in some previous episodes, I do see people not needing to live near the CBD or the Central Business District or downtown or near a built-up commercial area anymore. And I, and I imagine that regional areas or places further away from the city are going to go through a continual growth phase for a while just because people don't have to work in an office anymore, especially if you're using 10X Pro and putting your information online. You can literally live anywhere and I'm doing it and others will do it too. Justin, thanks so much for coming and sharing. That's okay, James. It's been great being on your show. I might just give a plug to my own podcast. If people are interested in property development, they can head over to propertydeveloperpodcast.com and catch all the episodes there and start finding out what's actually involved in property developing. Awesome. Thanks, Justin, and um, happy developing. That's okay. We might have you on the podcast in a future episode, James. You might. You might very well. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. 
Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com. Thank you.